Hey there, everyone. Welcome to the Teach Them Diligently podcast. Every week, we bring you simple answers to help your homeschool family thrive. I'm Leslie Nunnery, and I am so glad you're here. I never imagined that identity would be a problem issue for parents and children alike, and yet that has become a massive issue. Between media bombarding us with messaging that's contrary to God's plan, to insecurities that arise from past experiences, many adults and children alike are struggling with the issue of who and whose they are. Today's podcast will be a great help as we not only frame the discussion on identity, but also give you information that will equip you to parent your children better in these crazy times. Joining us today is Dr. Kathy Cook, who's the founder and president of Celebrate Kids and has quickly become one of the speakers that TTD families look forward to hearing the most. Dr. Kathy earned a PhD in reading and educational psychology from Purdue University. She was a tenured associate professor of education at the University of Wisconsin-Green Bay, a teacher of second graders, a middle school coach, and a school board member before becoming a full-time conference and keynote speaker in 1991. She's loved Jesus for years and her faith and desire to serve and glorify him is the foundation of her ministry. Beyond those impressive credentials though, Dr. Kathy is one of the most gifted speakers I've ever seen. She has an amazing way of relating to and making her sessions engaging to audiences of all ages. Her love for Jesus and her love for families has led her to write a number of books and speak all across the country to equip families to educate and parent the children God gave them well. I promise you're in for a treat today. Before we dive in though, I want to tell you about a great way to ensure that this is your best homeschool year ever. Join us in Teach Them Diligently 365. Membership in TTD 365 will give you access to thousands of homeschool resources available on demand. Workshops from speakers like Dr. Kathy, Heidi St. John, Sonia Schaefer, Kim Sordis, and countless others are available anytime you need a question answered or just a little pick-me-up to get you through your week. The community elements within the membership though really set TTD 365 apart. Small community groups build strong friendships. Monthly meetups give us all a fun time of fellowship together. Office hours give us the time to ask questions and dive deeper into the big idea of the month. And Real Moms of 365 give us a time to share with one another in an incredibly helpful way as we're all growing together. I can't encourage you strongly enough to join us there. Go to teachthemdiligently.net forward slash join TTD365 to learn more and join us there today. Now, I am thrilled to be able to welcome Dr. Kathy Cook to the podcast today. Dr. Kathy, welcome. Thank you so much for joining us here. I am so glad to be here, and I will echo your encouragement that people join 365. What an opportunity to get ongoing mm. support. Maybe you're the one that has an answer someone needs. Maybe you're the one with the question someone else can answer. I love what you have done and teach them diligently with that program. Well, thank you. It is it. The Lord has grown it in such a way that we we're just thrilled. We think that it is truly the best place on the internet for homeschool moms and, and families to connect and get encouraged and helped all year long. So we're very, very grateful for what God has done there. 
So we, we are talking about identity today, um, which again, like I noted before, I never would have imagined would be the hotbed issue that it has become. But I, before we dive in, why is it so important, Dr. Kathy, for parents to have a handle on this and not to hide from or avoid this topic with our kids? Yes, uh, that's, a, that's a great question. Uh, I'm going to say something first, and then I promise I'll answer yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. I was I was at a homeschool event um, this spring, and uh, the issue of identity came up, and the issue specifically of gender identity confusion came up. And a mom said, "I homeschool my kids. That's irrelevant. It'll never be an issue for me." Hmm. And Leslie, my heart broke for her actually and her family because uh, that's that's a bit naive. I certainly support homeschooling. All of us at Celebrate Kids and Ignite the Family believe that homeschooling is a very wise choice. It's one of the best ways to pass on values. It certainly is a way to protect children from the loud lie that is a part of the secular um, culture, including the public school system. And yet our children live in the world. Uh, we have neighbors, we have family members, we go to church with, with people with different perspectives. And so this is an important topic because identity controls behavior. Right. That's something I, I know you, you've heard me teach that. I, I'm so grateful you allowed me to teach on this at your events. Identity controls behavior. Who I think I am is who I will be. And so if I think of myself as you know outgoing and confident and eager to please, that's who shows up. If I think of myself as, you know, I'm, I'm not a morning person, you know, I have a doctor's appointment in a little while, which you know is true, uh, so I could be distracted. My thought life uh, controls so much of who I show up to be in every situation, which is why the scripture, again, would say, hold all thoughts captive and, and don't even entertain the lie and make sure that you know the truth. And we know the truth when we read the scripture and we know the voice of God. And so I'm rambling a little bit, but the bottom line the reason that identity has to be uh, paid attention to is that identity does control behavior. We live in a, in a crazy culture. The, there are people who are broken, who are lost, who are trying to solve a problem with a Band-Aid that is not going to work. And we don't want our kids, you know, obviously in that situation. At the same time, we want them to know how to be loving and full of grace and mercy to the people who are broken and are confused. Yeah. I, you know, you have written a lot about identity. You have spoken about identity, as you alluded to. Why don't we dive in? There's so much thrown around about identity now. What, what does that mean? What, you know, kind of at the heart of this conversation, what are we looking at? Yeah, that's a great question. Uh, I define identity with the question, who am I? Uh, so, you know, and again, children don't come up to moms and dads and say, hey, mommy, who am I? But in their behavior, they're asking, you know, they're, they're, they do something and they paint a picture and they want to know, am I creative? Mm. You know, they, they try to join a soccer team because they want to find out, am I athletic? So they do what they do often to find out who they are and our feedback, our compliments and our corrections, our reactions, if you will, um, help them discover, you know, who God has created them to be. So um, who am I is really the definition. It's current. It's not past tense. It's not who was I. 
you know, it's not who was I, you know, I used to be clumsy when I was six, you know, mommy, I don't want to, I don't want to be tall anymore. And I'm so clumsy. Well, clumsy is no longer on my list. We don't live in the past. And I, man, we could preach on that. Amen. I was about to say, man, you just opened up a whole new bed of worms there. That's a great topic to dive in. I mean, and it's true, you know, if a child, and and not everyone may agree with me, Leslie, but, you know, if a child cheated yesterday, she did not wake up a cheater today. Yeah, yeah. Uh, All choices are rooted in worldview. All all behavior, all character starts as a choice. So that child chose to cheat for some reason, fear, pressure, comparisonitis. Um, I was unprepared. I can't let anyone know. And so I, I made a mistake. I, I made a, a, a bad character decision and I cheated. If we treat that, if they wake up and we say to them the first thing out of our mouth, I hope you're not going to cheat today. Hmm. You know, we just, and again, I get that, but we just reminded the child of a flaw that was a choice based decision yesterday that may not continue today. The question is, who am I? And uh, we can't, we, we have to be careful of reminding kids of the past. Um, so that, that's how I define it. It needs to be current, honest, positive, and complete. Uh, those are four really important adjectives. We, we and our children need to have a current identity, an honest identity. Don't let your kids lie. A positive identity. They need to know their negatives, but even negatives can be worded positively. Mm-hmm. Or I would say, and I think you agree, Leslie, there's a lot of people out in the world that will point out our children's negatives. We need to be the advocate for them in the home where we help them know these are the things you are good at that you can use to help you overcome the negatives and then complete. They, they shouldn't have all their eggs in one basket. If they, for instance, if they only know they're beautiful. Who am I? I am beautiful. Daddy yeah. says so. I'm such a pretty princess, you know, and you're, and she might be, you know, but your daughter falls down and skins her nose and now she doesn't want daddy to see her. Mm-hmm. And the only thing she knew about herself, I am beautiful she feels she is no longer, and now she's empty with nothing. Yeah. So we have to make sure that our kids know a whole lot about who they are. Yeah, and I want to, that's that's fantastic. I'm sitting here making notes as you're talking. I'm sure that others are. If not, they'll listen to the podcast again so that they can. Um, but as you were talking, one of the things I want to double back to that you kind of lingered on as well was, was that current thing. And, you know, as you were talking, I thought how often we forget that the Bible tells us that God's mercies are new every morning, that, you know, he is forgiving, he is loving, he is gracious. And so, first of all, as parents, it's really important that we accept those new mercies, that we accept that forgiveness, that we accept that grace that he gives us. And then as we accept that, as he's growing us in that way, we're also very quick to pass that on to our children, because that is a foundation that will, Lord willing, and by his grace, keep them from being adults that are still dealing with past identity issues that we may be wrestling with now. Amen. Amen. And amen. It's so, so very true. You know, we're imperfect and we, we might, you know, harp on something for a season because we're really concerned again. And, and, and I get that and I honor that. And then I could talk a whole day about how to correct rather than harp on something, you know, <laughs> um, and that's something that, you know, you've had me speak about as well. These five words come to mind, Leslie, as we're talking about letting the past be in the past and not control us any more than is appropriate. We have to grieve what isn't and accept what is. So let me give you mm-hmm. five verbs. And this is true for us. You know, I think sometimes moms and dads are dealing with their own identity issues. You know, was my brother the smart one? You know, am I, am I the classic middle child? Uh, or, you know, man, I was a tomboy, 
you know, but now I don't know. I mean, we, we're dealing with our own stuff. And if we don't deal well with our own stuff, of course, we are challenged then to parent um, in probably the best of ways. So we need to grieve what isn't and accept what is. Frankly, and I say this everywhere I go, Leslie, some of you wanted a boy and you got a girl. You got to raise a girl. Mm-hmm. Some of you wanted a, a tomboy and you got an artist. Some of you wanted a soccer star because you were one or you weren't one and you wanted one so that you could have the moment of being a, you know, a parent of a soccer star. And, and I honor that. You have a right to your dream and the hopes for your children. But you know what, you guys, I'm going to say this with a, as much compassion as I hope you hear in my voice. You have a right to the dream, but you don't have a right to raise the kid you weren't given. Right. And, and that's so you you grieve what isn't, you accept what is. Praise God, I have a girl. Can we get to, I have a friend who just gave birth uh, 60 days ago to a little boy with Down syndrome. Hmm. Their sixth child, he's in the hospital. He's been in the hospital for 60 days. They're looking at heart surgery, colon surgery. It's a mess. They are praising God every day. They are full of the joy of the Lord. And uh, Leslie, it's been an honor to walk with them in what I would perceive to be a hard journey. And yeah. Kayla and Matthew are like, Kathy, he's our little boy. and God doesn't make mistakes. And he trusts us with this. So they didn't even grieve. They just accepted. It's so impressive. And then the next three uh, verbs quickly would be, to reject the lie or to, yeah, reject lie, embrace truth and work on what you can. So reject the lie. You know, you can never parent a kid with downs. Reject the lie. Oh, you're not going to be a good boy, mom. I know of a mom, Leslie, with four daughters who had been told her whole life, good thing you don't have a boy. You're not cut out to be a boy, mom. Guess who number five is? I would imagine a boy. (laughs) A boy. So she had been hearing from family and friends. Oh, you're such a good girl, mom. Good thing. And I don't, I'm not sure you'd handle the boy. Now she has a boy. She's got to reject the lie that she can't raise a boy. And then you embrace the truth. I will learn how to be a boy, mom. Or I I don't have to like art for me to love a child who likes art. I'm going to reject the lie. I'm going to embrace the truth. And I'm going to work on what I can. And, you know, Leslie, that's, we can pray. Good heavens, of course we pray. We read the scripture. We Possibly therapy and counseling is part of the work on what we can. But some of the work is get out there and, and be a hospitality coach for your kid's yeah. soccer team so that you understand why your little boy loves soccer so. Mm. That's so, so good. And, you know, again, grieving what is lost, accepting what it, or what, what, grieving what isn't, accepting what is, rejecting the lie, embracing the truth, and working on what I can. Um, is is just such good advice. And, and also you noted the fact that God doesn't make any mistakes. And I really want to lean into that or have you lean into that just a minute? Because I think that in this culture that we're living in, embracing a lie, living by fear. You alluded to that too, as you were, as you were working through that story and that the different um, examples that you gave about the situations we can find ourselves in that we would have never imagined and we could never possibly do, but recognizing that God makes no mistakes. And we are told throughout God's word, not to fear, but to stand strong, to be courageous, to trust in him. That truly would be where, where we can combat these lies where we can kind of want to escape into an imaginary world because there's so much imaginary world stuff going on right now. But I think that that comes in by not accepting what is true 
and rather making up our own reality as we go. Oh, that's so well communicated. Right, right, right. Um, a couple of things come to mind that I've enjoyed sharing with uh, children, teens, adults um, that have actually ministered to me as well. And this won't surprise you. It starts with God is good. It starts with believing in the believing of your believing. Mm. God is good. He is faithful and holy and forgiving and a provider. And he's full of wisdom and truth and grace and mercy. And there's so much to be grateful for um, that God is good. And then, my friend, he's a good creator. You know, I think to pray over this with our children and to talk to our kids. In fact, I, I'm going to go on record to say that the word creator with a capital C of God and then the verb create, those are very important concepts. I, mm -hmm. If I were raising children, and, and you know, I'm, I do parent education everywhere and I'm not a parent, <laughs> uh, just, you know, God, God is full of grace. Um, but if, if I were raising children, I would, I would say to them on a regular basis, I love the way you were created. Mm -hmm. You know, your God, your creator was so good to give use long fingers to make the piano easier for you to play. You know, sweetheart, I love the heart that God chose for you because you have loved your grandmother so well as her, as her dementia is, is growing. I, I've watched you be so patient with her. You know, sweetheart, the heart that God created in you was so, so good of him. We've got to use the word create because mm -hmm. if we raise up children to know that they were wanted the way that they are, will they perhaps then reject the lie of the culture saying you should not be that way? So, you know, Genesis 1.27, let's declare it. God created man in his own image. So do we know who God is? If your children don't know who God is, they don't care that he's made in his image. Right, right. But when you introduce the names of God and the names of Christ and the attributes of God, wisdom and truth and love and compassion and passion and all those things, right? There's a hundred. I mean, I don't know. But, you know, created in his own image, that means something when we know God. Hmm. So it says in the scripture, so God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. It's there twice in case we don't get it. I just love that. <laughs> God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. Hmm. Ch chapter one of the Bible. Right. Male and female. And you know, let's not get that wrong, you know, and people who are confused by that and people who are, you know, they're broken um, and they're, they're looking for attention, frankly, they're being, they're trying to be satisfied by something that God gave a married couple for an intimate connection, not just some kind of satisfaction. I, I could go on and on and I don't want to get um, too deep there, but it's a, it's a tough thing. So um, I think that that the whole protection, if you will, of the cultural lie that you can be whatever you want. Well, first of all, let me camp there. <laughs> you cannot be whatever you want. Um, male is a male and a female is a female. But also, also, as you know, Leslie, I'm six one, and I use the joke in front of people all the time. I could not have been a jockey on a horse. Hmm. But that's true. I'm six one. Right, I was right. I was tall as a child. So can you imagine, Leslie, if I would have gone to bed every night? Oh, Father God, make me short so that I can be a jockey on a horse. I wake up every day still tall, mad at God. Yeah. And mad at my parents for not helping me understand that I am good in my own skin. 
Yeah, yeah. So do parents listen? And I don't say this with any judgment at all. You are not responsible for this yesterday, but you're responsible for it now because you're listening to the podcast. We have a responsibility to listen to our children. And if they are lying or asking for something that is totally unrealistic, we have got to jump into that space. I know of a boy who was desperately depressed, began to get angry and belligerent, and his parents were stunned. Like, what was up with him? He was an only child. Come to find out he was desperate for a sibling. Mm. Uh, his, uh, his cousin, they had just had a new cousin, his born into the family. Uh, the neighbor had a new baby. And, and he, perception-wise, I would never be alone if I had a sibling. I'd always have someone to play with. I wouldn't be bored, you know, et cetera. And he was angry that he didn't have any siblings. And he finally was honest with his mom and dad who could then comfort him and talk with them about the fact that they would not be having any more children. And then the parents knew to invite more kids over to play with yeah. their little boy. Yeah. Right. And they ended up joining a homeschool co-op partly for the socialization relationship part of homeschooling. That's an example, again, of listen to your children's heart cry. Mm-hmm. What, what is confusing them? Um, so it's not just gender confusion. It's we have people dissatisfied mm-hmm. with who they are. And, and I'm going to be very bold here. Um, there are parents who are trying to raise children to be who they want to be. Yep. You know, yep. I'm, I'm a band geek. Let's say I went to the college. I went to the march in the band. If I had kids, by golly, they better like me. <laughs> <laughs> you know, my brother and his wife, you know, great people. Uh, three kids, all three played piano, all three played an instrument. None of them continued on in college. Hmm. None of them. And Dave, yeah. Dave and Deb, Deb was a music major. Dave was, you know, band geek like me. We both went to Purdue University. My brother still plays trumpet in a church orchestra. Debbie still teaches piano. But they allowed their children to like it for a season, and they yeah. did not force upon them. You must go to this college that has a marching band. No, 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 you must become who you were created to be. Yep, yep, amen. Well, and the other thing is you were talking, kind of doubling back to that God is good. As parents, we have the most amazing platform to to talk about and express the fact that God is good in the mundane, in the exciting, in the big, in the little. And yet, so often, if we are not careful, what we are actually communicating is our dissatisfaction, our frustration, all of these things that have us as parents stressed out or whatever. And so what we're communicating to our kids is not that God is good, but rather that God can't be trusted or God Uh, has made a mistake here because mom and dad are going at each other or they're stressed or they're worried about whatever. And so we have this great platform to show our children and give them a foundation where their second nature is God is good. No matter what happens, God is good. We'll deal with the rest of it. But instead, so often we for lack of a better, we're lazy. We, we just give into our flesh on that instead of being intentional about the way we're communicating. And so we're really telling our kids by our actions and by our demeanor that God is not good. Man, preach it. That's so true. Remember my illustration of the couple who just had a Downs baby yep. and they, a baby with Downs, I'm sorry. And they have celebrated him. Their church service every Sunday morning begins with the pastor getting on stage and saying, God is good. And everyone says, yes, he is. And then he says, why? And they all say, it is his nature. Wow, that's excellent. It is his nature. And this couple now in that church, having Miles, like they didn't look at him as anyone but a good 
mm-hmm. creation, you know, from God Almighty. You know, God is intentional. I am supposed to be tall. I used to say I'm too tall. That dishonors God. I'm simply yeah. tall. So do we help our kids understand the strategic? So not only is he good and a good creator, he's a personal creator. Mm-hmm. He decides for us. You know, it, it says in Isaiah 64, verse 8, that we were once a lump of clay. Isaiah 64, verse 8, you were a lump of clay and God is our potter and we are all the work of his hand. And he decided he wanted us. I mean, that's miraculous, isn't it? Yeah. He had to create Amen. people because you know, he had so much love to share. He had to make people, but he didn't have to make us. And he didn't have to make us us, but he did. And he was strategic. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and I don't say that lightly. No one prays for a kid on the spectrum. No one right. prays for a kid with OCD and ODD and all the other dangerous Ds. Um, God trusts you with those kids. Yeah. You're the perfect parent for those children, or you wouldn't be their parent. You're perfectly imperfect. Um, well, and sometimes because we are not God, we don't understand why or how God is good in a situation until later. We yes. just have to trust that it is so. So there may be times when we don't fully, you know, Dr. Kathy didn't understand why she was so tall until she was put in situations where that was critical. Yes. And she speaks of that when she when she tells or when she gives some of her lectures on this stuff. But but we have to know God well enough to trust him, whether we can see the good or not. That will come because he's gracious. So in his grace, he's going to let us look back and see how that was good. But sometimes he just wants us to trust and lean into him as our shepherd, regardless of the valley that we may be in. Oh, that's so good. That's so good. Exactly. I tell kids all the time, live long and be strong and find out why you are the who you are. Yeah. And, and you're right that if we trust God, so do we know him more than fire insurance, you know, more than eternal life? Like I'm pro eternal life. Good heavens. Mm-hmm. I hope everyone listening knows Jesus as savior and and walks, you know, with integrity into that reality. But it's, it's more than that. You know, it's, it's knowing God and knowing that he wants us, us. And um, there's so much. You know, not only do we read the scripture, um, Leslie, to know God, that certainly would be the, a primary reason to read it, to know God and his way and his will. And, of course, his son, Jesus, and the gift of the spirit. We also, as we read scripture, we get to know ourselves. Mm-hmm. You know, there's about 75 scripture uh, in, the, in the Old and New Testament about us. And, and we need to know those verses. Um, you know, I am crucified with Christ. Galatians 2.20, uh, Galatians 5.22, I have joy. Galatians 5.22, I have peace beyond understanding. That's, that's a verse for the believer. I'm holy without blame before him. I'm accepted in Christ. I am forgiven. Um, I am blessed. That's Deuteronomy. Mm-hmm. Um, I am set free from John 8. You know, and, and some of the verses are for believers. Some are for um, his creation. And then as you come to faith in Christ, you, you get more of that. You know, I have the mind of Christ. Um, I'm the temple of the Holy Spirit. I'm a new creation. Oh, Amen. my gosh. I'm a new creature. Second Corinthians 5.17. I am a new creature. I don't have to believe the lie. And I don't have to doubt, you know, that there's something, you know, deficient in me. And, and I think these verses and, you know, I've got a list, you know, Leslie, I can give it to you if you want to post it. I think it's a fun Bible study for people yeah, to look absolutely. for. You know, look for the I am for us. God's name is I am. But to read, especially the New Testament, looking for the I am statements, like mm-hmm. I am complete in Christ yep. is a very significant truth for the believer. We do not have to look in all the wrong places to have a right. hole in our heart repaired if we have Jesus. We need to lean in 
to him and his way and his work and his, his will and his word, as, as you've been saying. And related to, you know, the, it, it's related to all confusion. I, I think it is related to this whole gender mess, right? You know, the biggest identity mess that people are probably thinking of as you and I talk is, right. you know, the same sex attraction mess and then the, the boys who want to be girls. And it's a cry for attention. It's a, a brokenness that they're trying to fix in a way that they can control. And it's, it's not going to work well for them. We know that. But again, if we raise up children to know the scripture and to know that God is good, and if we value them and don't reject them, yes, if we're not scared of their tomboy face, we're not scared of the boy who wants to dance, we're not scared of the girl who wants to play with the truck or a boy who likes to wear pink, those things do not make you gay. And they don't mean that you're heading for a sex change operation. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to be very blunt there. Um, and I could, I could go, I could go deeper there, but, uh, I, I know that, that you're in agreement and, and we say that with a lot of love and respect. I'm going to say one more thing before I kick it back to you, Leslie, I'm asked on a regular basis, well, Dr. Kathy, you know, how do we handle it when our neighbor, uh, our, our man who lives next door is, you know, married to a man and our kids find that out. Right. So that, I mean, part of the, part of the identity confusion in our culture, which is why we can't protect kids from what's out there is that it is out there. Um, and this is what I say. Um, we cannot hold people accountable to a truth they do not know. Right. We cannot hold people accountable to a truth they do not know. That is not love. In our family, men are men, women are women, and marriage is biblically a long, a life-lasting commitment between a man and a woman. Why? Because in our family, the scripture rules. In our family, God waves the banner. Our neighbors don't know God, and they don't know Jesus, and so it would be unfair of us to expect them to follow his ways. Yeah. We will love them. We will love them. And we will look for opportunity to talk with them about the exactly. things that we do our best because they will not be satisfied with something that is not of the Lord. But sweetheart, in our family, this is the way things are. And Leslie, we got to be bold. We got to start when they're little in our family. These are the values. These are the mission. This is the purpose of our family. Why did God ordain the children to you and David that he did? That you would pass on your values. Absolutely. The family unit. And again, this is what Teach Them Diligently is about. This is an advantage of homeschooling is that we have a greater likelihood being able to pass on the truth in our family this is true in our family we treat people this way in our family when we see people who are living a lie we pray we don't judge Mm -hmm. yep yep well so so true and i love your example of the neighbor because not only do we want to love them and help our kids understand that if they don't know jesus they're not they don't know the truth. They 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 are with they are outside of that truth. But also to look for ways to build relationships, meeting physical needs, getting involved in their lives, not hate, treating them like pariah, but exactly. rather engaging with them so that you will have a platform at some point in conversation to start introducing them to Jesus. And that is ultimately what we are called to do. Um, and it's just a great opportunity to bring your children into that mission alongside of you, even as you're teaching them to love Jesus or love people in Jesus's name. 
Exactly. So well stated. And, you know, we, we see it as sinful. Uh, they don't. Um, and, and I would say that we're all sinners in need of a savior. Now, those of us who know Jesus ought to be compelled to live a righteous life. Uh, sin should break our heart, not just God's. But the reality is that we will make um, unfortunate decisions and all of that. So if our children see us distancing ourselves from someone who is a sinner, might they be afraid to admit that they have sinned for fear that we would distance ourselves from them? Exactly. Which actually segues into kind of the last topic that I wanted to bring up today. And that is to get your, your insight um, as, as, you know, understanding all of this so, so well, if a child comes to a parent and is struggling with identity, what, what are ways that a parent should and should not react to that, um, to that question uh, or that yeah. statement by their child? Yeah, great question. Um, practice your parent face, um, <laughs> you know, meaning that you don't overreact because if you overreact with fear or anger um, or disgust, they may stop talking or they might change their story. Right. So practice your parent face um, where you don't really react in a, in a visible, a physical way. Rather than interrogating with follow-up questions, I'm a big fan of using things like and or <laughs> you know, keep talking. Because if we interrogate, and that's the word children use, you know, they feel interrogated. Yeah, yeah. Then we force them to go to a part of the story that may not have been the most relevant part for them to go to. So they, they come and they say, you know, dad, I'm, I'm just really confused. I was, I was bullied today for being, uh, they said, I looked like a girl and I acted like a girl and I don't know what they're thinking, but daddy, am I a girl? Keep talking. Tell me more. You yeah. know, what happened? Get more information. Cause the more information you have, the greater the likelihood that you'll be able to speak truth into the mess in a relevant, helpful way. I think that's important. Um, understand that boys will always talk more when they're busy Yes. What some people call shoulder-to-shoulder -shoulder talking, not face-to-face. -face. Um, so um, sweeping out the garage, going for a ride, you know, walking the, the aisles of a store together um, will sometimes help a boy go deeper. Girls will often be able to handle a, a, a talk in a bedroom one-on-one, um, -on -one, not with siblings around. Yes. Um, if, if you're concerned, you can bring some things up as well. You don't necessarily have to wait for your kid but then it's like, what I, what, I, what I recommend is to say, you know, Sarah Beth, you're more critical than normal. I've noticed that you haven't hung out with me in the kitchen to prepare dinner the last couple of days. What's going on with you? Mm -hmm. So indicate you've observed something that indicates something's going right. on. Right, exactly. Don't say, are you depressed? I don't even know what depressed feels like. <laughs> Why do, why do we think it helps a 13-year-old? And now they know that they might be and they know it's not good. So now they yeah. are. Depressed. We've planted yeah. an idea there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I think sometimes it's better, you know, to ask, to, to talk about what you've observed and then to say what's up with that. Another comeback, depending upon the age of the kid and what's going on, it is okay to say, well, what makes you think so? Like, you know, mm -hmm. am, I, am I a girl or, you know, dad, you know, grandma bought me this pink shirt. I don't know if guys are supposed to wear pink. I mean, these are real issues, right? Yeah. So what makes you think so? 
who have you been listening to? Let's just put that out there, right? There's probably a lyric on a song, mm-hmm. a dialogue in a TV sitcom you might not even know they're watching. Yep. A conversation at the park, something they might have even overheard you say to a friend on the phone and they weren't sure of the context. And so it is appropriate to say what, you know, what makes you think so, or where did you get that idea from? Or yeah, share wisdom, which is scripture. Yeah. Yeah. Here's another idea, and I and, and I'll I can go on and on, but I'll kick it back. I, <laughs> this is, you know, we could do a whole other episode if you want, but here's another thing, Leslie. And I don't say this lightly. Be careful of saying, in my opinion, mm-hmm. because for the believer, nothing is our opinion. Exactly. Exactly. I would hope, right? So if you have a kid coming to you with confusion about identity, and it could be just as simple as, I'm so clumsy, I don't like being tall, again, which was my simple story when I was six. Doesn't have to always be this big hairy spider in the room. But, um, you know, in my opinion, you should believe this. Or in my opinion, that's a really foolish thought. No, 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 it's not your opinion. Right. Based on the scripture, you have been lied to by your friends. And then you maybe do a study of men and women and, and what the scripture teaches us about what it means to be a good male and a good female as well as role models within your own family and within your own sphere of influence. So good. So much wisdom in, in the way that you walked us through that. Um, And, and a couple of things that I would add, as she talked about practicing your parenting face, um, a a way that you can do that because to actually implement that parenting face and to not freak out in those situations is a work of the Holy spirit. That is God working through you. And so I would encourage you to strategically be praying for your children, praying scripture for your children. I'm going to include with this, a link to a, a 35, I think day series where I walk you through how just an email series, how to pray scripture for your children. And then to look back and see how God is using that prayer to actually inform your decisions day in and day out and the conversations that you're having and so on. Then when those moments come that are tense or that are um, horrifying, your kids are going to ask you some horrifying things, I promise. And in those moments, God will work in you so that you can walk away from that and say, Lord, that wasn't me. I know Uh, full well that that was you. And the fact of the matter is that's him answering all those prayers that you've been praying day by day for your kids. You just haven't seen all the work up to that moment. That's a more tangible place where you see God answering that prayer. So I would encourage you be on your face, be in God's word, know what you want for your children, and then allow what you want for your children by what God's word says for them to instruct the way that you're engaging with them. Amen, sister. That's so good. So good. So, well, Dr. Kathy, this has been amazing. It's been so, so helpful. Before we go, though, you just had a new book come out that I am extremely excited about. So tell us a little bit about that before we're completely out of time. Yeah, I appreciate that. It is called Resilient Kids, Raising Them to Embrace Life with Confidence. So if you want children to be a confidence in mm. life, being able to stand back up after they've been knocked down, um, to walk out of their valleys rather than to sit down in their valleys. If you want to learn how to not bubble wrap your children, like if you realize <laughs> that, you know, you've been maybe overprotecting, helicoptering your kids because you don't want anything to happen to Johnny. Again, we both get that. 
but I will talk with you about the, the, the need for them to learn how to handle the challenges of life and how they will become a better person for it. So Resilient Kids just came out. We would love them to you know, purchase it either at CelebrateKids.com or they can go, of course, to their uh, popular uh, purchasing site. But I appreciate the chance to mention that, Leslie. Resilient Kids, it matters, doesn't it, to become it, resilient, absolutely. to be able to recover readily from the challenges of life. Yeah. Absolutely. And there's so much in there that's that's really good for parents to internalize as well, not just to look at for our kids. So um, a lot of good information in there for us as parents to, to become more resilient to. Yeah. Thanks so much, my friend. Well, thank you. Thank you for joining us, Dr. Kathy. It has been a pleasure as always. For the rest of you, thank you for tuning in. I know this has been a great encouragement for you. There's been so much good information. You may want to go listen to this again with a pencil and paper in hand. Be sure that you check the show notes. I'm going to give you a link for identity verses, like Dr. Kathy noted. I'm going to give you a link to the Praying for Your Children series. You're going to be able to click right over and pick up your resiliency book and so much more. So be sure that you check out the show notes today because there is a lot there. I look forward to talking to you again real soon. Have a great rest of your week. Thank you for joining us today. We believe that every family is called to teach them diligently. So we're here to help. We would love to get to know you this year at one of our four live Teach Them Diligently events. And then throughout the year, when you become part of the Teach Them Diligently 365 community, check out the notes from today's show for more details about what we discussed today, as well as all of these other resources that Teach Them Diligently has to offer. Have a wonderful day, and I look forward to talking to you again real soon.